0: This is the American Steel Podcast. Welcome, listeners. I hope you are doing well. Excited about today because we get today to talk to Miss Hannah Miller from the Columbia Fire Department, as well as Mr. Chris Chumley, who is going to be on our board tonight. Now, Clayton uh, will tell you that he's doing something really important, but he is coaching, which is very, very important. So uh, I hope, I wish Kolioko... High school well, right, Chris? Absolutely, absolutely. And Hannah, how are you doing tonight?
1: I am doing fabulous. Thank you for having me on the show. Well,
0: I appreciate you being here because uh, when I talk to anybody in the fire department, uh, they always say, you got to talk to Hannah Miller. She is like the... Public information officer for the for the fire department and the face of the fire department.
1: Yes, that's me.
0: Well, I'm glad that you're the face and, and it's not Chris.
1: Oh my goodness, Chris does a, such a oh, wonderful job <laughs> representing the department as well, and he helps me out with all kinds of projects. So I'm very thankful for Chris Chumley.
0: Chris Chumley's awesome. I was having lunch with him the other day, and he tried to recruit me. Uh, I did. I can do it, man. I can pass the physical, I bet you that, I can carry a hose. So if uh, you have a reserve program where I need to just carry the hose. You come on down and we'll figure something out. Figure something out for me, okay. We can Uh, put you to work. Well, I was a police officer for 10 years and oh, wow. so, yeah, and in Florida, so that would be kind of a, a major childhood dream, be a police officer and a firefighter.
1: Oh, my gosh, yes. Uh,
0: I'll have to check with my wife to see what she thinks about ah. me fighting fires at, at my age. But any, anyways, Hannah Miller, glad to have you here. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and what you're really passionate about.
1: All right. So my background is in marketing and public relations. After COVID, I was looking for a career change, and I had worked closely with our local fire department and several other local agencies um, when I used to host and co-produce a local news show, Murray County Now. So this position came available. It checked every box i was looking for um, most importantly an opportunity to serve my community in a very meaningful way and fortunately i was able to secure this position and i've loved every minute of it i've been at the department now almost well let's see a little over two years now actually and it's been very fun it's been very rewarding i've launched a few programs myself here in the community which we'll talk a little bit about those later um, but that's pretty much my background. My degree's in mass communications. That's a big part of what I do, but also public education, public information, all that
0: fun How stuff. How did that transition take place? Because I thought maybe you were new to radio, but you're not. You're, you've are you had your own show.
1: Yes. Well, actually, it was a local news magazine-style show, so it was video production. Okay. We started out doing that um, for Columbia Power and Water Systems, And we were also contracted um, by the City of Columbia. So basically what we covered were the events, ideas, groups, and happenings in and around Murray County. And so I always had my finger on the pulse of what was going on and was always really involved, again, with the local fire department, police, police. Um, lots of local civic organizations and stuff like that yeah and that's transi- very fun
0: uh, you had a good time with that yes yeah.
1: it was a great time
0: and how did you trans? how did the transition take place for you to come to a public service from the so, private sector
1: initially um, the job that I had had shut down temporarily for covid and I was still collecting a check but I was looking for something to do and so the fire department I found out was hiring there were actually several people that got hired on at the fire department for temp positions through the South Central um, Workforce Alliance grant for people who had been affected by COVID. And so I actually secured a temporary position, started out in the fire marshal's office in investigations and also in inspections and um i was interested i was looking already at that time for a career change i wanted to do something a little bit more meaningful than what i was doing at the time anybody who's done marketing and pr even if you love the organization that can kind of uh wear on you after a while it's not always um it's not always the most helpful thing to do for your community um i was no longer working for murray county now at that time i was working for another business um but this position came available. I applied for it. I interviewed, and I got the job.
0: Well, congratulations. So, Thank you. are you an arson investigator?
1: No, I just assisted. So it was only supposed to be a temporary position, and it was not just for myself but for several others who got hired on at the department at that time as well. And they also had some positions come available for those individuals, which most of them also secured a position. I think out of maybe the five or six people that they hired through that temp program, they hired most, if not all of them. There may have only been one person, I think, that didn't end up wanting a full-time position. Um, We also hired um, a new maintenance guy. That was also a new position that became available, Um, Saul Ramirez, and he's great as well. So they hired a lot of people through that grant um, that are now full-time employees with Columbia Fire and Rescue. So we can't do a lot without our local partners. So we're very thankful for them, very thankful for Murray County Public Schools. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of our local partners that allow us to do a lot of our community programs, such as the safe driving program that we offer in schools and our car seat program.
0: Yeah, I've heard about your presentations and I was actually able to see part of your presentation not too long ago. Tell us about, uh, tell us first about the uh, fire department, like what units you have, how how strong are you as far as employees and those kind of things, and then what you may be looking for for people that are listening.
1: So Columbia Fire and Rescue operates out of 5 strategically located fire stations throughout the city of Columbia. We just opened our brand new station off of Bear Creek Pike Fire Station number 3. We have around 100 employees, firefighters, paramedics, everybody that works at the fire department has at least a basic level EMT certification. That goes for all of our admin staff as well. So that's a huge part of the fire service now. Around 80% of the calls that we respond to are medical calls. Um thank to prevention efforts, not just in community education, but also in codes enforcement, we have been able to significantly reduce the number of fires we've had over the past few years. So while that's still something that we prioritize as a fire department, primarily what we run are medical calls.
0: Okay. So um, with 100 employees and they're all EMT certified?
1: Everybody is basic level certified. So there's different um, there's different tiers when it comes to emergency medical um, certifications. So the most basic you can have is emergency medical responder. And we do have a few of our personnel there um, that were under the old rule where you just had to have, have EMR. I think it's maybe like two or three guys and they're getting ready to retire pretty soon. But now everybody that gets hired at the fire department has to have at least an EMT basic certification and you also have advanced emt and you have paramedic which is the highest level that you can receive and we have several paramedics on shift as well at columbia fire
0: now since your transition have you gone to firefighting school
1: yep firefighting school i also went to emt school so when i say firefighting school i did not go to the 10-week academy i attended the um firefighting school that we are now going to offer at our training center we're actually launching we did kind of a test with just two or three employees um just a few months ago and now we're launching full force our own training program at columbia fire and rescue we've got a beautiful new training center built out behind station two over here next to central high school and we're going to be conducting all of our firefighter one certifications there here pretty soon
0: and so what what's involved in that uh, you have openings currently have firefighter openings now correct right right and what's involved in getting into that training and then once you finish that basic that uh, baseline training you can Get a job as a firefighter.
1: So, how this works is if you have no fire service experience, no previous medical experience, what you would do is you would apply for our cadet program. So, we offer a great bridge from no experience into full time firefighting through the Columbia Fire and Rescue Cadet Program. What that looks like is you would work part time for roughly six months. That's about how long it takes to complete the program. You will go to EMT school. You will go to the Fire Academy. The EMT program is roughly 15 weeks. The Fire Academy is 10 weeks. Our academy here will be around 10 weeks. And um, once you complete both of those, you will then be considered for full-time employment. If you do well in each of those, then there's no reason why we wouldn't hire you. You'll have all the certifications you need. We'll have worked with you. We'll understand what we need to know about you as an employee and... That gives you the opportunity to apply to be full time,
0: and and this is a career uh, job. This is not just a job that you're probably going to want to leave in t- a year,
1: right? Yes, a lot of people don't just get into this because they're looking to do something. There's act, there is a lot. There is, I don't want to say that it's a mountain that you have to climb, but it's a hill for sure. I mean, you've got to go to EMT school. You've got to you've got to do firefighter training. It's not it's not easy, but it can be done, and it's it, you have to be motivated to do so. And most of the people that we get, they are. They've known for a long time. This is what they wanted to do I mean a lot of them from the time they were two and three years old They've wanted to be a firefighter men and women We actually have around eight females now that have gone through the training and are hired on full-time We've got a few in the Academy right now Um, But yeah, it's a great career. It's a rewarding career Most of our folks do stay for a long long time. They retire there. We've got a great 401k with the City of Columbia so,
0: is that the retirement program? Is the four hundred one k with the yes, city? Yes,
1: four hundred one k. Yep,
0: with the city. And what's the what's the salary range for uh...
1: for a cadet? Again, you're part time. So for a cadet, it's around seventeen thousand per year, and typically you're going to be promoted to full time firefighter, assuming you complete all of your training um, within six months. Um, now, for full-time firefighter, right now the annual salary is around forty-one thousand. But there are many opportunities for overtime. Firefighters work twenty-four hours on, forty-eight hours off, and so there are some weeks that you're going to work more than you know forty hours, um, and you're going to work definitely more hours in a calendar year. So you will make a little bit more than that, but baseline salary is forty-one.
0: So you have a lot of overtime, and there's some downtime too. So mm-hmm. you could pursue other things like uh your degree or something like that as yeah. far as promotional opportunities things like that. Absolutely. If you're so inclined, well, you have some downtime.
1: Absolutely. Right. But there is a lot of downtime. A lot of our guys have done that. Um And we have a lot of other programs going on, so they always assist in those as well. We've got a lot of really great personnel. Some are really gifted mechanically, and they'll work on improving certain things, or they'll build things for our apparatus or for our equipment storage. And everybody keeps themselves pretty busy, but the fire service can allow for some downtime but that's a huge perk to the job but i also think that's totally appropriate because when it is time for them to go i mean it's a law enforcement officer when it's time to go it's 100 miles an hour right it's it's from zero to 100 real fast so
0: yeah it's so rewarding i referencing my past law enforcement career just so rewarding but you're right i've met i've met people that are white collar employees making you know a lot of money but they've always said they wanted to be a firefighter or a police mm-hmm. officer that's been in their childhood dream although they you know so yeah you probably won't get rich doing it but it's a fine career and it's extremely rewarding
1: you experience a, a different kind of rich i mean yeah. the opportunity to serve your community and the feeling that you get from doing that i mean alone i just for for example i had a young mother come in this morning who needed a car seat and you could tell she was already really stressed. She's pregnant. She's already got another child. And this is just one tiny example, but the look on her face after I've helped her out, just being able to offer assistance to her was so calming for her. It was such a relief for her. And that's something that you do every day as a first responder for pretty much anybody you interact with, especially in the fire service, so you know, must, you're making a difference.
0: Yeah. That, that, that must feel amazing. My wife's a nurse and she at one point was, uh, at uh, the health department, and she had no idea, but one of her roles was going to be to help mothers uh, train them how to put the car seat in, but also provide them with a free car seat. Uh, So was that something that you talked about before you took this job, and now you're doing it?
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's, it's, again, rewarding is just one word to describe it, but it's it's a sense of elation that you get knowing that that is what your job is. Like that, Nothing really feels better than helping others. And right. I mean, I don't know if that's the same for everybody, but I would say that most people that get into being first responders, that's, that's what makes them rich. Who cares about the money? I mean, you, you've got to have the money and you should be paid well, but that's not what it's all about in life.
0: Yeah. Well, I was having lunch just a few minutes ago with a friend of mine and uh, he said something very profound. He You know, every job, especially this job, you're in the people business. It's right. really putting fires out and helping people medically. That's very important, obviously, but you're really in the people business, and and we all are. Uh, I'm certainly in the people business of being able to work with people and help people and then doing it with a uh, a heart for service. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this kind of segues into the prog- some of the programs that you do. Yes. And so I've heard really good feedback, but the, one of the things I went away when I listened to your program, I thought... Well, you're out there really putting it out there for teenagers, teenage drivers and whatnot. And then what happens when you find out that maybe a teenager didn't listen or maybe something ha- tragically happened after, right after your program?
1: So we hate to hear news like that. Um, we recently did our survive to arrive campaign in all well not all we're hoping to do all murray county public schools we did three murray county public schools this year with juniors and senior students um This program is made possible by Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation and General Motors. Really want to throw a shout out to my sponsors out there because we wouldn't be able to do any of this without them. They are so great to work with us. That's
0: a great shout out.
1: And this program was actually piggybacked on our car seat program. So the program initially started out as just the car seat program. And we kind of brainstormed and said, well, hey, there's really more we can be doing um, for Drivers and specifically young drivers on our local roads, and so we came up with Survive to Arrive, which is a safe driving program for all of Murray County, specifically targeted toward junior and senior students at our high schools. Um, I hate to hear that a student got into an accident after the program. Of course, we don't always hear about those things. This is the first I'm hearing about it, and that's, that's very sad. But we also recently found out that they're not offering any kind of a driver's ed program in schools anymore. So the only education they may be getting if they're not getting it from their parents is from us. So that's... That's good. We're happy to offer that. Right now, the program is about a 90-minute assembly where we go over the dangers specifically um, associated with distracted and impaired driving. And also... um, What happens when you don't follow the rules of the road? We have some of our partners with Tennessee Highway Patrol. Got to give them a huge shout out because they're a wonderful part of this program. Um, They kind of go over things from a law enforcement perspective as well. Um, We really think that it's effective coming from the mouth of first responders hearing why you should drive safe. There are consequences. We have some first responders share personal stories of wrecks and scenes that they've worked um, where people might not have made it because they decided it was more important to send a text than to pay attention to the road. So again, hearing it from their parents is one thing. They hear a million things from their parents and a lot of the time it's in one ear and not the other, but to get first responders on stage and to share those really Tragic but impactful stories I think really helps to motivate some students, perhaps not all, to think twice before they pick up their phone or drive drunk or all the other kinds of crazy things. Not wear their seatbelt.
0: Yeah. I was driving down the road the other day, and there was a car. Clearly, if they hadn't decided the last minute to change directions, they would have hit me head on. And I could see that she was on her phone.
1: Oh, yeah. It happens. Yeah. Almost everybody I know will admit to having done it. One of the statistics we go over in the presentation, forty one percent of all high school students admit to doing it, and that's just the students that admit to texting while driving. Yeah. And that's just texting. I mean, there's all kinds of kids that are I mean, they're scrolling through Instagram or TikTok while they're driving. It's like, no, you have to pay attention. Nobody thinks it's gonna happen to them and that's one of the topics that we cover as well. And so we really hope to continue to grow this program. This was only our second year after developing the curriculum, um, receiving the funding from General Motors and the Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation. So we'd like to grow this. We'd like to do something a little bit more interactive, perhaps, next year. We're going to be at the Strive to Drive event they're hosting at Columbia Central High School on April the 20th. Um, Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram gives away a free car to a student every year at Strive to Drive. And so we're really excited to be set up there at that event at Central High School um, with some safe driving displays. We've got a rollover simulator. We've got a seatbelt convincer, which actually um, simulates the impact of a five mile per hour crash. The students can feel just what that impact feels like, which is pretty profound if you've been in the seatbelt convincer or any kind of a wreck, even at a low speed. I mean, you still feel it five miles For, per hour is it yeah. that's a jolt
0: <laughs> that's a jolt i remember you know the thing that stood out to me years ago when they started talking about the importance of seat belts because well i think both of you are too young to remember when you didn't have to wear seat belts <laughs> uh, i remember you could kids climbing around the car all over the place The thing that somebody pointed out is that when you wear your seatbelt, it it makes the drive more comfortable. And that's absolutely right. It keeps you more, more sitting upright. It's better for your back and those kind of things. We're going to take a break here from American Steel real quick. And we're going to come back. And when we come back, we're going to ask Hannah about we've got prom and graduation coming up. I want you to be able to tell our listeners uh, some of the things that they can do for their children and some of the things they can look for. uh, So we don't have, we can avoid uh, any tragedy on prom and during graduation. So, We'll be right back here with American Steel in just a few moments.
1: Hello, WKOM and WKRM listeners. My name is Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC in Columbia, Tennessee. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my grandfather, Robert Parks, and my great-grandfather, Julian Mays, in 1958, over 60 years ago. Being family-owned and operated, we invest in our community. You'll see our support everywhere you go, schools, sports, band, and even charities. We invest in our community because we live here and we love this community. Come see me and my cousin, Robert Rogers, at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC right off Nashville Highway or visit us at parksmotorsales.com.
0: Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It will be hosted by the Tohee Golf Course on April 21st starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is Coach Mike, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee,
2: WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia, Tennessee.
0: Welcome back to American Steel. This is, we are here with Hannah Miller from the Fire Department and also Mr. Chris Chumley, who's been at the FD for how long, Chris? I've been there for a little over four years. Four years, and what is your experience? Where, where do you? What's your background, and what has your experience been like at the FD? So
2: I started in November of 2018. I had no experience when I started. <clears throat> I just completed EMT school and got hired on. I worked as an EMT uh, for just a little while while I was getting ready to go to the academy. Went to the academy in the spring of 2019. Graduated in May of 19. Uh, got out, got put on a truck in 2020, went through our in-house pumper operator class, aerial class, and
0: uh, now I'm driver of truck one on A-shift. Now, we were at lunch the other day and I was messing with you about promotions. Is that something that's in your future? Are you, is that what you're trying to do is uh, eventually get promoted? And what does that look like? So we have,
2: uh, I've just qualified now for, uh, as far as time-wise, for lieutenant. So that would be the next step eventually uh, in the future. I would like to put in for lieutenant and continue to, to grow in the department.
0: That's awesome. Uh, and, you know, I, we talk about flexibility. So I know you coach a lot of things in the community. So, and the FD, the, the fire department is, you know, pretty understanding of that, right? Yes. Yeah, so uh, on my off days, of course, we work 24
2: 48. So on my 48 hours off, that's typically. Uh, one of my top priorities.
0: Okay, cool. Very good. And Hannah, before the break, we were talking about prom is coming up, graduation is coming up. And unfortunately, somewhere in the news in this country, there'll be something that happens on prom, not a graduation. I talked to our listeners about things they could talk to their children about, things that they could do that would help mitigate having any kind of tragedy due to distracted driving or drinking and driving, or some of the things that we do not want to see here in our community.
1: So with young drivers, one of the things that drastically increases their chances of having an accident... Are having other young drivers in the car. So obviously these are young people. They're not very experienced. It can be very distracting to have someone else in the vehicle with you. And I'm not sure I'd have to, I'd have to review my stats, but I know it actually increases significantly having just one other teenager in the car with your teenager. So limiting the amount of people that can ride with them, especially on prom night. I know a lot of them want to carpool. I mean, maybe completely avoid having your teenager drive together, invest in a limo, you know, it chauffeur them yourself Um, it's one way to make sure that they're definitely going to be safe I think a lot of other teenagers too that night will be experimenting with drinking I mean it's kind of a big event Um, that is something that we do see a lot on prom night and so that obviously everybody knows increases your chance of getting into an accident Um, so we would really recommend having a conversation with your kids you know the night before a couple of weeks before hey I know it's really easy to not necessarily necessarily focus on the road hundred percent of the time when you're in your car with your friends, you're talking, you're looking around, you're laughing, you know, you may be listening to music, but please be aware of the fact that all it takes is one mistake to change your life or your friend's life forever. I mean, and that's honestly the truth. You're not trying to scare them, you're just trying to make them aware of the reality. Driving should be respected all of the time. It's something that we do every day. It's easy to get too comfortable with it, but you're driving a three thousand pound ton of metal. I mean, it's just—it's a disaster waiting to happen if you're not paying attention. Well,
0: unfortunately, there's—we uh, try to have the simulators, we try to have the presentations, those kind of things, mm-hmm. but there's uh, there's nothing like. Uh, losing control, and until you've been in a vehicle that's lost control and you don't have any control over where that vehicle's going. It's terrifying. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little more straightforward with my kids. At my time in law enforcement, uh, I was a deputy sheriff, so we didn't work uh, uh, vehicular uh, deaths. We'd go to the scene to assist with any kind of first aid or any kind of traffic control, but the highway patrol would always come work the scenes. but. A lot of times we were the first ones to get there, so we got yeah. to see the mayhem from that. So parents, parents, like just tell them not to do it, and then tell them you're going to drive them. You're tell them, you know, uh, just don't allow it. Just don't allow them to drive on those nights where they, you know they're going to be distracted. Give them time to be more experienced, and uh, let and just avoid it. You, you can mitigate this a lot if you'll just be very intentional and purposeful about speaking with your teenage drivers, about being distracted. I tell my kids, I still have a junior at home, and I tell her all the time, uh, if you're going to have friends in the backseat, you better not. I tell her, don't be distracted. I I know you're not going to drink and drive. I know you're not going to do anything like that. You better not. Uh, But don't be distracted. Uh, And I tell the friends, don't distract her if she's the one driving. And I tell my daughter, if she's the passenger, don't distract the driver. So, Mm -hmm. And then you pray. They leave the house and then you pray because other people are distracted.
1: That's the thing. It's even if you are paying attention, and that's one thing we cover in our presentation as well, because a lot of people, once again, they never think it's going to happen to them. And that's what we really try to reiterate and share these personal stories with our Survive to Arrive campaign. Even if you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing, not everybody else is going to be doing that. So you have to be aware of what's going on 100% of the time because you you have to drive defensively.
0: Yeah, so Hannah, so the seatbelt, right? Right. It's uh people that you know for whatever reason they don't put it on and they put it on it's the being ejected from the vehicle it causes the most damage, right? The yes. most injury and the most deaths. Yep. So I don't see that point driven home enough. Like it's not so much you not hitting the, the steering wheel or the windshield, that's gonna hurt enough. That could kill you. Right. But you're gonna be ejected from the vehicle. And believe it or not, you're Small body or your large body can fit through that window going at X amount speed versus the velocity of the impact, all that stuff. You can fit through that passenger window, and it's going to be very... It's going to hurt a lot, and it could kill you. That's why we wear a seatbelt, right? Most
1: of the time, if you go through the windshield, if you're going over 40, which most wrecks you are, you're not going to make it.
0: You're not going to make it, right? No. And if you do make it, you're going to have permanent injury paralysis yes, or something like that. absolutely. Yeah, so wear, wear your seatbelt.
1: It's not belt. worth it. It's that simple. It takes three seconds to put it on. And this is the this is the example I always give people, and some people criticize me saying it's too dramatic, but I don't think so at all. You're going to get on a carnival ride. You're going to put your harness on, Right. That's way – I mean, that's common sense. You're not going to get on a big piece of machinery moving really fast and not have some kind of a harness holding you in. It's the same thing with driving every day. Why are you going to get in a vehicle with a bunch of other vehicles going over 45 miles an hour and not have some kind of a harness tethering you to that? It's just – it's common sense.
0: There's not a carnival ride in the world that's not sketchy. Yeah. (laughs) And those harnesses, if you want to call them harnesses, whatever, (laughs) I don't know. Those rides are sketchy, and the operators sometimes don't seem to – be engineers well and they're the ones that
1: will. and they're the ones that put it together earlier that morning <laughs> they
0: put it together that morning and they still got the wrench in their pocket and they're gonna say get on this ride that goes 80 miles per hour and just hope that you don't get slung
2: right i can promise you one thing you will not get chris chumley on a circus ride
1: well you, don't, you also you, won't get chris chumley in a car without a seatbelt on
0: true correct but you won't you don't do roller coasters absolutely not chris do you jump out will you jump out of an airplane with me i don't know you don't know about I that. Know. Now, if there's a tall fire in somewhere in Columbia that's tall, you're going to go up there, right? I'm fine with that. Okay. All right. I just make sure. <laughs> if I'm up there screaming for help, I want I see you down there. I'm going to say, call Hannah or call somebody else. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We well, we trust. Like Hannah's saying, we trust when we go to the fair. We're going to get on this ride. It goes fast. It may go upside down, and we see it all the time in the paper. That's a perfect example, Hannah. As far as yeah, you know, put you. You're not going to go up there and go on a ride that goes upside down. Without a harness or seatbelt, basically. Same thing in a car, because most cars with trip factors and whatnot and the speed, they're gonna roll. And when they roll, you're gonna be rolling all throughout the car. You'll be fortunate if you're not thrown from the car and to be rolled over by the car.
1: Yes, that happens. Oftentimes when people are not wearing their seatbelt yeah, and so, nobody thinks yeah. it's going to happen to them.
0: Are you familiar with Project Graduation?
1: No, I'm not.
0: Okay. Chris, are you familiar with Project? I'm not. Well, I, I've been learning about it this year uh, in my first year. And Project Graduation is a program where after graduation, seniors go to MTSU, uh, Middle Tennessee State University, and they get there about 10 p.m. and they stay till 5 a.m and they just play games. They do all sorts of fun things. But the biggest piece of this is that Every student that goes receives a major type of gift, like an iPad or a $500 gift, or they don't just receive like a movie tickets or something like that. Those would be nice too, because nowadays with the cost of movies, (laughs) but they receive a major gift, but basically they they sleep there or they're awake all night uh, doing all sorts of fun activities. Our local sheriff here is a big proponent of that program. And and is actually, from what I've been told, he goes out there and he does a presentation or he uh, engages with the kids uh, here uh, from Murray County. County. and so this is just a program that also can you can also really mitigate uh, possible tragedies from being on the road after such an amazing event like graduation
1: absolutely yeah
0: so i mean i would love to give you more information about that i would I love mean, to have that i think that that would be that would go along great i think with your presentations and across the the counties and the, and the places that you visit because i don't think a, i had to learn about it myself right yeah. and it's a pretty major deal so i've we've got a bunch of parents that uh Several parents that are taking the lead on that, but it's called Project Graduation. It's out at MTSU um, on graduation night. So I was going to ask Very you. Cool. It is kind of cool. It's just, a, it's another way of keeping kids off the road. You know, uh, I'm I'm still, I've kind of stopped worrying about my older kids that, that have their own families now, but my junior, I, I don't worry about her driving. I worry about other people's driving. Absolutely. And that just, uh, so I try to teach my kids. I used to be a, defen- a defensive driving instructor back in the day and, I would, tell, I would teach my kids those techniques as opposed to just making sure you turn your blinker on with it 100 feet of the curve and stuff like that. I teach them how to, you know, avoid accidents and stuff like that. And so I wish we could go more down that road.
1: There are people out there driving right now way sketchier than Carnies.
0: Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> so often,
2: So
1: you've got to watch out.
2: So often do we see accidents where one party was doing everything right and the other party was doing nothing right yeah
0: so yeah and it's just it's really unfortunate uh you were talking uh in our first segment about getting into schools do you find it challenging to get into some schools and what's the what's the problem
1: well i think that it's a little bit more difficult and i've not just dealt with Excuse me, this myself, but I've also dealt um, with several other organizations um, who are trying to get into Murray County Public Schools to provide educations to students on a variety of topics. And I think that since COVID, maybe schools are still trying to get caught up or maybe things are just a little bit more formal as far as the process of getting into Murray County Public Schools. Um, The schools are, of course, open to have you present whatever your idea is, but I just don't think that there's as much free time anymore for programs of this nature. It seems like you're very limited on what you are allowed to do. Ideally, Um, And I've heard other organizations say this as well. They would like to be able to teach smaller groups of students because you can kind of interact with them more. And that was one thing that you suggested you would like to see more in the presentation is more of an interaction, not just a presentation itself. And I do think that that helps. I mean, the more you can build a relationship, the the more you're going to have clout with those students and have them want to listen to what you're saying. And I just don't know that that's feasible with most school schedules it was very um it was challenging to coordinate a time um just to get in to do 90 minutes Um, and again this is a new thing once we get into doing this more frequently schools may start allowing us to have some more time with their students um but as of right now it's it's been a little bit difficult but i have to give a huge shout out once again to jack cobb I shouted him out on Facebook recently, but he has been incredible. Jack Cobb is the communications director for Murray County Public Schools. He wears a lot of hats and he gets a lot done. And he is the sole reason why we were able to get into Murray County Public Schools was with his help. And he helps me with a variety of projects. I'm very fortunate to have him as one of our community partners. And I consider him a friend as well. And Murray County Public Schools is very fortunate to have him. Great guy. Great to work with. I think he also does a radio show. Big Yellow School Bus.
0: Big Yellow School Bus. Yes. By Jack Cobb. Yep. Yeah, Jack is really, uh, well. He's stellar. He's stellar. He's stellar. What stellar now? <laughs> stellar. What is the uh, the rubric for stellar?
1: The rubric for stellar. Okay.
0: Sorry, so. Jack. I got to I got to hear this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jack is dedicated. Jack is on it. Jack cares. I think caring is really the the primary thing. Um, there are so many people you see, and this is not in Murray County Public Schools specifically, but that are just filling a space in their career, and that is not Jack Cobb. Jack. Jack works tirelessly to do things for Murray County Public students. He cares. He cares way beyond, you know, what's expected of him. And so it's just it's impressive to see that level of dedication and caring in a human being. It's inspiring, quite frankly. A plus? A plus.
0: A plus. As a principal, I will certify A plus. Yes. Uh, agree. And you said it really, what you were saying, but Jack loves people. He does. He loves He loves his job. He does. He's great at it. And he'll do anything for you. Yep. So, Jack, there you go. Shout out. I, uh, I told you <laughs> one day I'd give you a shout out on, on air because I know Jack has given me a couple of shout outs, so I really appreciate that as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I appreciate it, Jack. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> so, you mentioned let's talk about, I want to talk about active shooters in schools, right? So yeah. how does the fire department, uh, prepare for such a, an event? I know we have, uh, awesome school resource officers in Murray. I know the sheriff and the chief of police are both, uh, on point when it comes to safety for our schools. Uh, so what does an active duty shooter look like from the, from a fire department response? And if, and if that's something that
1: That is a little bit um, outside of my scope of knowledge. I know that we do have a special incident response gear and group trained for those types of situations, um, to respond to any medical issues. Um, but typically what we would do in a situation like that is wait for law enforcement to secure the scene right. before we would ever enter.
0: Well, go ahead, Chris.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say that, uh, you know, we do a lot of multi-agency
2: training <clears throat> and, um, so we get a lot of work relationship with, with all the agencies here and really, Uh, at least as as a firefighter the job is fairly simple you know we get to the scene we wait for law enforcement to clear and once we are cleared to an area or for the whole scene then we start conducting medical care and so we don't see active shooter situations very often sometimes we'll get them on calls out in in the area Um, and and so as a firefighter they're really simple they're not good but they're simple so
0: yeah okay so i mean so i mean so there is a obviously an effort for the from the yes. fire department there's there's
2: a lot of things done over my head
0: yeah well, we just get the
2: orders that come down to us
0: yeah so for the parents and the those that are listening out here i mean there's a coordinated effort in this community right mm-hmm. with the the fd the the sheriff's office the hospital Let's – okay, and then as we work – and eventually I'm trying to get uh, – I'm eventually going to get Jonathan Barry on here to talk about school safety. He's our school safety coordinator here in Murray County. He does a great job. I want to get him on here and get his perspective because he also has the law enforcement background before taking this role as our coordinator. That's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, that's good. Now, we have uh, – We have Mule Day coming up. Any special things we need to know about Mule Day?
1: Yes. So, first of all, if you've never been to a Mule Day, you should certainly experience it at least once in your life. Uh, Mule Day began back in the 1860s, really, and before, as Breeders' Day. Several different people would come from all over town, downtown on the courthouse square, and they would sell mules, horses, all different kinds of livestock, and that grew into the event that we know and love today as Mule Day. And so Mule Day um, is usually a week-long celebration. They'll have all kinds of festivities in the park, and it will end on Saturday with a fabulous parade. We'll have several mules, mini mules, all kinds of wagons. And there will be several events going on around town, um, one of which will be taking place in Firefighters Park right down at Station 1 just a few a few uh, minutes away here from the radio station where we're sitting right now Um, We are going to be selling parking, which if you've ever attended a Mule Day, you know that's kind of something that's hard to find. We're going to be selling um, parking tickets for $100 a piece. You will also be given VIP parade seating along the parade route. Um, We will have bleacher seating available for as many people as you want to bring in that vehicle, as many people as you can fit safely. Bring them on and we'll have a spot for them. Um, We're also going to be having some live music by Antonio Mores pre-parade and we'll have Have some food trucks to satisfy those pre-parade food cravings. The parade begins at 11. Our event is going to kick off at 10 a.m. So come on out and see us. The event itself will be open to anybody who wants to come. Um, It's just the parking that costs. So we hope to see you there.
0: So I've never been. I hear it's epic. It is. And I hear the parade is really, really epic.
1: It is really epic. If you've never been, you have got to come at least once and experience Mule Day.
0: Well, that's awesome, and it sounds like a hundred dollars to park, but you're here, and you get to bring as many people safely as you want. And that's uh, by the time you go out and you all of y'all drive different cars and pay twenty five dollars, you've you've made money, right? Yeah, so that's probably that's probably a good deal. So I, I have a dilemma, Hannah. My birthday's on mule day
1: your birthday's on mule day my birthday's this weekend
0: okay well the soror- happy birthday to you thank you uh <laughs> i'm not gonna ask you how old you're gonna be and uh i mean i don't mind sharing how old i'm gonna be but i'm gonna be it's gonna be uh, april 1st so april 1st april fool's day so uh yeah so happy birthday to you thank uh, early you happy birthday to you thank you uh not yours chris not mine not mine until may now, I was told that the radio station does biscuits and Bloody Marys. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, I, well, I might, I've never had a Bloody Mary. I probably would not like a Bloody Mary. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, I mean, awesome. I and I know that there's there's some things down the road here, too, that people are setting up for parties and whatnot. So if you've never been to Mule Day, I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, I'm going to try to get down here and find good parking early and uh, bring my wife and uh, see if our teenager will come with us. Probably not. Uh, but we might bring our grandkids. So we're going to take one last break here on American Steel. Thank you. You listeners and we'll be right back
1: are you looking for a fun event to take the family to Harmon scrap metal is hosting an easter egg hunt on april 8th from 2 to 4 p.m at woodland park in the fallen heroes shelter this will be fun for the whole family we will have food trucks prizes and photos with the easter bunny come on out and support local Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information.
2: Hi, Jimmy Elliott for Columbia Ace Hardware. I want to invite you to the grand opening of our garden center, Saturday, April 29th. Come check out our great selection of fruit trees, hanging baskets, ferns, and garden plants. We'll have those things you need to get your garden growing. There'll be lots of activity that day, grilling demos from our Big Green Egg and Traeger experts, free giveaways with your garden center purchase, and Breeze homemade ice cream will be there to take care of your sweet tooth. The door's open at 8 a.m. 112 East James Campbell. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This is Benjamin Sanders with the Columbia Kiwanis Club. Kiwanis is hosting its annual Sporting Clays fundraiser at the Murray County Gun Club on Saturday, April 15th. Columbia Kiwanis supports the Imagination Library in Murray County for children's literacy. Shooters of any age and skill are welcome to shoot, either as a team or an individual. Scholarships are available for youth to participate. Find us on Facebook, check out our website, or call Suzanne Ganser at 615-939-1928. We hope you join us for this great event.
0: Welcome back, friends, to American Steel. I want to thank you again up front because I've been told that this is the most downloaded podcast uh, for the time being. So thank you. Please share. Keep that going. It's been really fun having Hannah Miller here and Chris Chumley here from the fire department. There's so much information, so much going on. We got Mule Day coming up in a week, uh, a little bit more than a week, and that's a huge event. So as everybody's out there having a good time and just enjoying themselves, there's things like... Potentially heat exhaustion or potentially things that could happen, a slip and fall, those kind of things. Hannah, what do they do if they slip and fall, for instance, on the sidewalk and they look around and they just don't see any fire department personnel there?
1: so we're we always and we will this year too have a presence throughout the parade route we have a couple UTVs, so we'll have those staffed with medical personnel to make sure that we are responding to any emergency calls that occur along the parade route as well as outside of that at our outstations um, we always come out in full force on mule day because of the influx of visitors that we have and then of course with the event itself Saturday the parade will be fully staffed and ready to respond
0: so Hannah, tell us about the uh, Explorer program, the age uh, age ranges and how to get involved for our parents that are listening.
1: So Columbia Fire and Rescue offers, and this is something that they offer at the police department as well, um, our Explorer program, which is for young adults age 14 to 20 who are interested in learning a little bit more about the fire service. So they meet once a month. Um, it's about a six month program. They get to do some hands on skills as well as participate. Um, In some classroom learning as well. Um, Our explorers most recently got to learn how to properly use fire extinguishers. We've got this fabulous fire extinguisher prop that simulates fire and they actually get to put their hands on a real extinguisher and know what that feels like. Um, So that's just one example of some of the activities they do. They get to put on turnout gear. Um, They get to just do all the different things and learn all about our local fire department and how things operate to see if something they might want to pursue later as a career.
0: Yeah, it sounds like an amazing opportunity for your teenager who might um, kind of be struggling with what they think they might want to do. I mean, they can come in and get a lot of training, meet a lot of people, and then – Decide that they want to continue to pursue this or maybe they don't want to pursue it any longer, but definitely. And I'm pretty sure that there's a sheriff's office explorer program, those kind of programs, uh, yes. in the community as well. So, mm-hmm. so reach out parents, reach out students. If you're out there listening, reach out and see if this is something you want to do. I've been around that a little bit as a former deputy sheriff uh, in Florida and great, great programs. Hannah. I've been talking to you now about forty-five minutes, and one of the things that you're—I can tell—you're passionate about—is the car seat program. Yes, you mentioned it a little bit because you get to help somebody. Car seats are so expensive; they are. I remember our first car seat. Now, true story: I, I, my daughter, I put the car seat in, and I, my mom is in the passenger seat, and I put the car seat in, and my daughter's saying, "Daddy, Daddy," and I was like, one i I'm talking to Grandma." <laughs> Finally, I stop at a red light, look back, and the car seat's laying over, and so she's strapped into the car oh, seat, is laying gosh. over. Uh, We must have uh, drove five miles before I finally said, what? What's going on back there? And she was laying over to the side like she obviously knew something was wrong and I wasn't paying attention, so I definitely put it in wrong. (laughs) Nowadays, these things are really, they can be complicated Mm -hmm. and they're very expensive. So when somebody, you know, you pull somebody over for a ticket and and you have to write them a ticket for not having their child in the car seat, that's over a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, That could have bought a car seat. It's I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest with you. But tell us about the car seat program and how listeners can benefit from
1: it. So the car seat program is extremely important to everybody in Murray County. So over half of all car seats are actually installed incorrectly. So don't feel bad that that happened to (laughs) you. you. It's extremely common. Um. I would say 90% of the car seats, the national statistic is over half, but I would say, just in what I've seen, and I've installed hundreds of car seats, that over 90% of all the car seats that we see are installed incorrectly. Um, they're pretty complicated. They actually send car seat techs. You have to become a certified car seat tech to install a car seat for Columbia Fire and Rescue. It is a three day, eight hour long course, and there's still a lot to learn even after you leave class that day. Um, every car seat is different. Every Every vehicle is different. The way that every car seat is going to fit in every vehicle is different. Not all car seats will work with all vehicles. So it's it's no surprise that parents often struggle with properly installing them. And that's what we're here to help them with. You have so much to worry about as a parent. Um, managing your child's schedule. Managing your schedule cooking, dinner, working. I mean, there's just so much going on. The last thing you need to worry about is whether or not your child is safe in your vehicle. Let Columbia Fire and Rescue help you out with that. So thanks to General Motors and the Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation. Once again, got to give a huge thanks to our sponsors because we wouldn't be able to do this without them. We are able to offer a free car seat inspection and installation program to all citizens of Murray County. So what that looks like is you show up at one of our stations where we do preferably you make an appointment, and I'll tell you more about how you can find out how to do that here in just a minute, but you'll make an appointment with us, you will come and bring your child and your vehicle and your old car seat, or if you don't have a car seat, um, give us a a shout ahead of time and we'll make sure that we can can come and get you one, Um, and we'll install a brand new car seat for you completely for free. I know that sounds too good to be true, it's not. We will install a completely free car seat for you whether you're a grandparent, whether you're a parent, we, our goal is to make sure that kids are safe on the road and that's what we intend to do. So come and see us. We've got one for you.
0: So Hannah, so if I have a car seat and let's say I can afford a, a new one, but mm-hmm. I have an old one, I want to come by. You have a car seat for me? Yeah. You have a car seat for me. And you, you know, you've done a great job of, of, of shouting out to our, to the business partners. Uh, you were you went to school here in Columbia, right?
1: I did. I went to Columbia Central High School. I also went to Mount Pleasant Middle School, so I've got a lot of connections out there. And I also went to Columbia State Community College. So. C-State.
0: A shout out to C-State, too. Yeah. They're doing such a great job, too, of just uh, you know reinventing what it means to go out there. So I'm really yes. proud of them, too. Yeah. And so one of the things I've noticed about being in this community, I've, only, I've been working here less than a year. So many people ready to give. They are. I really have not. I've seen givers in the past, but it's like you can't. You can't go anywhere in Columbia without somebody being willing to give. So, if you run out of car seats, I know that you can make a phone call to get the car seat that you need for that parent. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, parents, you're out there listening. You need a car seat, or your child, your, for your grandchild, or something like that. Do, please don't. Uh, please don't hesitate to contact uh, Hannah Miller at the at the fire department to get a car seat. Uh, it definitely would save a child's life, even on this, even like the slow impacts at five yeah. or ten miles per hour when you're a child. Uh, definitely that can save their lives.
1: Absolutely. So you can actually reach out to us. If you go to the city of Columbia's website at cityofcolumbiatn.com and you search under the fire and rescue tab car seat program, you can find out my number. Get in touch with me. My number just for the record is 931-560-1734. That's 931-560-1734. Call me and get your free car seat today. Get your children safe. That's what we're here to do, and we're here to help you.
0: Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Hannah, we got three minutes. Thank you for being here. Chris, thank you so much for being our engineer today and for participating. Hannah, tell us about this uh, ride-along program, Citizen Ride-Along. And I think you also mentioned Citizen Fire Academy.
1: Yes, so we'll... We'll touch on Citizens Fire Academy first. I've actually filled all of my positions. We had 10 spots available. I have filled all ten spots for Citizens Fire Academy um, for the spring. We'll start on April the 17th. And Citizens Fire Academy is kind of like the Explorer program, but for adults. So if you're just if you're interested in learning more about the fire service, you want to get your hands on the jaws of life, you wanna learn how to extinguish a fire properly, how to properly use a fire extinguisher and get CPR certified, you can sign up for Citizens Fire Academy. We'll teach you some basic medical skills as well. Um, Citizens Fire Academy is six weeks, and it is on Monday evenings and Saturday mornings. So come on out and learn with us. Learn all about your local department. Put on some turnout gear. Pretend you're a firefighter for a day.
0: Does that include uh, AED training? Yes, it does. So that you go over the AED training, those kind of things. Fantastic. We do.
1: And the ride-along program um, is something that you have the opportunity to do. Anybody who is over the age of 16 can participate in that program. Um, The ride-along program allows you to ride along with a fire company for a day. So if you didn't want to commit to the Explorer program full-time, or if you didn't have the availability in your schedule to commit to Citizens Fire Academy twice a week for six weeks, you could any day of the week that works for you um you wouldn't get as much in-depth training or experience but you could ride along with a fire company for a day just to see what we're all about get your feet wet in the fire service if you just want to learn a little bit more if you're interested in exploring it as a career just to get a taste of it and once again you can find out more about all these programs at columbiatn.com and under the columbia fire tab
0: Hannah, I want to thank you for being here and taking the time to be here. We're going to have you back soon in a different capacity. You promised. So you heard her, Chris. Uh, I want to thank you for that. I also want to do a quick shout out for the Dorothy Campbell annual golf tournament that's going to take place on April 21st and we already have enough golfers but if you still want to golf there might be some people that back out last minute but you're certainly welcome to sponsor a hole and get some sponsorships there at the Dorothy Campbell golf tournament and I want to thank you again American Steel is now being aired on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. on Sunday evenings at 7 p.m. thank you for all your support. continue to send me your questions and comments and thank you for listening again to an episode of American Steel